for me personally, this past year has been more of a personal growth for me and finding out more about me. And, you know, I hate to say it, my failed relationships. Dating online requires strong ego because you're going to be rejected and uh, you can't take that stuff personal. I would like to know that it could possibly lead to something first before I take them out on a date and show myself and put myself forward. I would actually like to know where this is going before I do what I got to do. Take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple, Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couples Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experiences with working with thousands of couples for over 15 years. You know, every day we get to hear intimate details about a couple's celebrations, disappointments, and everyday challenges. We've often wished these stories were shared because we know we are more similar than different. And so we've created not only an avenue where you can hear about people's intimate lives, but an atmosphere where people come over to our home pub, pour a drink, and share their stories. People like today's guests, Eddie, Dan, and Kyle. Welcome, guys. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thank you. For Thank you, Ray. Person. Thank you, Gene. Thanks for having us. And Kyle, you are actually uh, a return. repeat, a return yeah. guest. You were on the um, the episode of Blended Families, and we really thank you for coming back on on the podcast again. No problem. This is going to be a really fun topic today. We're talking about dating, and we did do a podcast on dating with two single women, and so we wanted to kind of give the counterpart podcast interview. So we wanted to. First, uh, you know, before we get into that, we wanted to get a little bit of information about you guys. Um, how old are you? What do you guys do for a living? I'm, uh, I'm Kyle, 22. Currently for a living, I'm an apprentice for a heating and air company. Okay, great. Welcome. My name is Dan. I am 45 years old and I work with kids and I teach them music. Hello, everyone. My name is Edward. I'm in my 60s now and I'm a uh, therapist at the Lighthouse Emotional Wellness Center. Great. And I kind of want to ask, have you, any of you guys been married before? I've been married twice. Okay, Dan, (laughs) you've been married twice, right? And Eddie, you haven't been, right? Yeah, I was married, but I've been divorced and actually had the marriage annulled, and that's over 40 years ago. Okay. And how long have you guys been single? Since my, like, first. Like birth? Yeah, 22. Since birth. <laughs> Two years, whatever. Or you want to know since my last relationship? I guess since your last relationship, yeah. Three years? Three, Three years. years. Yeah. Okay. I've been single a little bit over a year now. Yeah. I've been single for over 40 years. There's been some significant relationships in there, but none of them that would rise to the level of marriage. Okay. Great. Well... Let's talk a little bit about dating in today's day and age. Are you guys actively dating, actively looking for a uh, a partner? Uh, I'm not. I'm not actively looking because I've been, one, I don't have time to, and two, I've been told not to look. 
It's just if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. So there's no reason to look. Okay. <laughs> no reason to look. <laughs> <laughs> I I like what Kyle has to say. I think the best things that happen to you happen spontaneously. And socially, this last year, I've been not so much putting myself out there, but I've been patiently awaiting certain connections to happen, whether it's at a grocery store, whether it's at a party, wherever it might be. I also agree that that I think the best relationships happen spontaneously. I have been a little bit active on a little site called Bumble. Mm. And it's this dating app where swipe left, swipe right. My philosophy is is actually swiping right to everyone. To everyone. To everyone, no matter what they look like. And heighten my chances of getting a connection. And what I love about Bumble is that it, the woman has to make the first response or connection mm-hmm. to you. And I absolutely love it. I have been talking to a few women here and there, but nothing substantial. And I think for me personally, this past year has been more of a personal growth for me and finding out more about me. And, you know, I hate to say it, my failed relationships. Mm. And so I've really been digging deep and I've been in therapy every week and really finding more about myself and, and what I can do to be a better person, a better partner and a better friend. So for people who don't know, swiping right means <laughs> swiping right. You, you get on the app, you see a photo. If you like the person, you can swipe right with your thumb or with one of your fingers. If you don't like the person, you can swipe left and you'll never see that person again. God, and, and this is similar to Tinder. Very similar. Yes. Right. But the difference is, is that Bumble, the woman has to initiate it first. Yes. If you match with somebody, you swipe right. And if they happen to have swiped you or if they plan to swipe you, it'll show up as a match, but you cannot contact them at all. You have to wait for the woman to respond to you and make the first move, so to say. What are the ages of the women on there? You can specify them. Okay. Yeah. Because I've heard like on Tinder, most women are under 25 and then guys are all ages. No, no, this is all, uh, this is all ages. Okay. I think, I think a lot of women, once they hit 25 or get older, they want something more serious, I think, than. Sure. I've been having luck. I I must say more of the people that contact me are, I would say maybe 33 and up, which is great. And you can also specify distance as well. Mm. That's another thing that you can specify, not only age, but also distance, which is kind of nice. Kyle, you're nodding your head. You, you've been contacted by women who are 30 and up. Is that no, what you're, oh. no, I was, I was <laughs> nodding my head. And, uh, I was nodding my head to the fact that I know people that have same stuff, same apps, Tinder, Bumble. I've, I know people that are on both of them. And, just, and you've never used those apps? I can't say that. I have. But, okay. you know, I'm not, I'm not constantly investing myself in it. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you find that people your age use those apps? People my age, so I'd say, like he said, about 25, like what Gene said, mm-hmm. 25, most of your 25 and under women and most of your, well, any of the guys on there are Tinder is more or less a started out as a hookup site, mm-hmm. to be honest. And it's eventually started to try and be a dating site and it, I don't think it's ever gotten to that because from everything that I've heard either one party wants only hookups this party wants only hookups and it never works out the way it ever think you want it to work out 
as I mean, I've never used Bumble or never heard of Bumble or anything like that, but I know for a fact on Tinder, it's more or less a hookup site, which is kind of weird hmm. okay. that people use it for dating. And it's just, it, it blurs the vision of some people that use it. Mm-hmm. Eddie, are you, have you used any of the, the dating sites? Oh yeah, I'm sure I have since I've known you. So match.com and eHarmony.com. Okay. So I've been on those for, oh, it's over 10 years now. Over 10 years. And non-traditional dating where you just go up to somebody and ask them if you'd like to have a drink or have a cup of coffee or mm-hmm. get to know each other at different places I go to. I certainly matched that way at the Art Institute or at the Opera or Chicago Symphony, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll try both ways. I begin with this premise that a marriage would be an asset in my life. What were, what were things like in the dating world before the internet? <laughs> well, you met girls two ways. You met them because your sister had a friend or you met them in bars and you, you hit on them that way. Mm-hmm. And then either it thrived or it withered on the vine. But since it was the only way, there was a a, a strong motivation to make them work. So most people match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the way to do it. So you went through that process. Now it seems like it's a lot easier, but dating online requires strong ego because mm-hmm. you're going to be rejected and uh, you can't take that stuff personal. Yeah, that would be tough. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that you get rejected a lot more dating online than actually in person i would think you do it's because you kind of you go through a lot more people more surface area yeah mm-hmm. there's a lot more people versus you know, a bar right right but i i don't think that picking up someone in a bar actually is feasible anymore i don't know what do you guys think oh i haven't done that in years so i wouldn't even know how to how to do that it'd be, it'd be too rusty i'd come across as a as incompetent i wouldn't even try <laughs> I wouldn't even try. I, I think it would see, be seen as a little bit more creepy these days. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. You man. think? You're yeah. saying it shortly what I went in a long right. way. That's exactly what it would come across as. Yeah, because yeah, if you're not starting a conversation on the Internet, it's not worth starting in real life to some people out in the world nowadays. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes everything a lot harder, mm-hmm. but it also makes it easier to the fact of it is also you can sit on your couch and Go grab a date versus <laughs> go going grab out, a date. Go, right. out yeah. go to the bar, go sure. to the movie theater, go to this. You can sit on your couch and schedule. Uh, my Monday looks clear, so I'll schedule a date there. Then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, it, it, <laughs> right. it makes it easier to do stuff like that. And you're not getting shot down to your face. Right. Yeah. Because uh-huh. <laughs> it doesn't your work, fingers. right? Just yeah. by your fingers. Just by your fingers. <laughs> right. Has I, that I, been your experience, Dan? My experience is the this and and I'd like to say this I don't know if gentlemen you can agree with me but when I am out and about I'm always open to to meeting new people regardless of whether it's a family friend or you know someone who's a fellow musician because I I like seeing live music a lot and I'm just open now that I'm single I'm I'm open to anything and everything happening and that's what I expect if I'm out there if if I see somebody I like you know, I make sure I say something and I know there is the risk of, of denial, which is a lot stronger than getting denied on a swiping app. And I have to say the connections that I'm making on Bumble are not as 
I'm trying to think of the right word, substantial, wholesome, as it would be, even, even the continuation of, of the conversation, it's, it's, it's a much different world because you're not, you, you totally take the face to face out of it. And in my opinion, that is, I don't want to say artificial, but it just doesn't seem genuine. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I would you, prefer... you lose a lot. You can do more of a, a fake persona. Absolutely. Than a real, a real yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, as, as hard as it is, as much confidence as it takes, I prefer get it. I prefer the face to face, you know, and I'm always out there and keeping myself open until I find someone that I'm interested in. And when I do, I, I say something and it might be anything from just, hello, my name is Dan. How are you? Nice to meet you to, you know, hey, do you enjoy the music or just something to find some conversation? And sometimes it, it doesn't go anywhere. Sometimes I am lucky and I do make that connection. But in my opinion, it, it's the attempt, in my opinion, that is most important. And and like you said about the denial thing, I think that's very, very important. You have to be realistic and say, you know what, if they don't want me in their life, they don't want to have me a part of, of their friendship or possible dating, then, you know, it's their loss. You know, I have to think of it in that way. To be sure, that protects your ego. I mean, you can't take Absolutely. things personal. Why someone is attracted to you is not a reflection on you personally. You know, it may be, you know, because of the, the way they were brought up. It's, you know, we form this outline of the ideal mate. That's what science tells us or theories tell us. Mm-hmm. And when someone fits in with that outline, then you're attracted to that person. If you don't fit in that outline, nothing's going to make you attractive to that particular person. And right. when men, it's called the anima and women, it's called the animus. I don't take that personal. I know what's going on. There. I know what the process is. Right. So I don't, I don't take that personal. It's, it's not for the faint of heart. I'm not saying <laughs> it's easy, but I think if you want to match with a quality mate, Long term, maybe forever, then it requires that you do the due diligence. It requires that you go through the dating process and get past that persona, which is the ideal, and get to what the person really is. So you're talking about chemistry. Chemistry, yeah. I mean, what's the thing that gets people together? It's sexual attraction. Mm -hmm. (laughs) After the sexual attraction is firmly in place, you're both hot for each other. Well, that's when the real work starts. Which is really (laughs) different online. You don't have... Yeah. A sense of smell. You don't have a sense of right. touch. You know, it's just being in just present words. in the present, te- you know, with that person. Mm-hmm. You don't get that feeling, that mm-hmm. energy with that person. Right. So I, I kind of feel like it's the cart before the horse. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. you have this advertisement of who you are, what you like, your interests. Here's the pictures I want you to see. Yep. Right. Yep. And then, you know, you might be attracted to it. But then when you get in front of the person face to face, it just doesn't match. Right. Yep. There's yeah. this sure. incongruity with their, their profile. Can you guys talk about like your first experience of getting onto some type of internet or app or something like that? My first experience was, it was, like I said, the only one I've ever used would be Tinder. And my first experience is I was in. How old were you? Just graduate. So just after 18, just graduated high school. And it was more or less just the hookup site. And that's all it really was to me. It wasn't really, I wasn't going on there to try to find some long-term you know, just kind of like a wham, bam, thank you, man. Did you, thing. did you decide that one day or did someone introduce you to it? I, I, I know people, I knew people that were doing it throughout this like school year and stuff like that and telling me all their great stories, you know, and I was like, just for the hell of it, why not? Mm-hmm. And, you know, see where it goes from there, you know. Uh, my, my first attempt at 
online dating was when I was much younger and available and it was through Tinder and absolutely, I, I went on just a few dates, absolutely nothing substantial came out of that. Then I tried some speed dating. I don't know if you guys want to talk about that, but that yeah. is they still do that. Great thing. Absolutely. Still do. Yeah. I love it. But my most substantial was actually my past relationship. I met somebody on match.com mm-hmm. and it was a fabulous relationship. Yeah. She was one of actually the first woman that I uh, connected with. And we ended up having a very strong relationship lasted, I want to say almost three years. So yeah, I had, I was very happy. And match is a paid for one, correct? Yes. Match. Does that make a difference? I think so. Free ones versus paid. Yeah. No, I never looked at it as that. I mean, if, if you're getting actually no meetings with somebody and it's costing you $300 a year, <laughs> well, then you would probably stop doing it. Yeah. And there are free ones, but the free ones I found to be, uh, a lot of deception. Yeah, sure. I agree to that. A lot of deception. So how old were you when you first started on apps? How'd you get involved with that? In my 40s. In my 40s. And it seemed like the old way of doing it, which was, you know, going up to somebody and hitting on them. What was your line, Eddie? What was what was your hit? <laughs> oh, you doing? <laughs> but I did revert to a lot of movie lines. You're right. Yeah. And uh, what's your sign? Maybe the jump. Maybe the yeah. Maybe the astrological moves. Uh-huh. But usually, just you know, what Dan said, you just go up to somebody and say, you know, I find you very attractive. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and you kind of move in. The body language is really communicating. If the body language is reciprocated. Then you start a conversation. But again, that takes a lot of ego strength. You don't know how it's going to play out and you can't take that personal. When I went to the dating apps, it seemed, seemed very efficient. You know, you're, you're laying in bed before you go out and hit the street and then you got three or four people that are interested in meeting you. So it seemed very efficient. So it's like going to Jewel instead of like yeah. hunting. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. It's a good no. analogy. It's like, like Peapod. Yeah. I've actually deliver. never been on a date in my life. Like okay. where like I'm going to walk into a place. I don't know this person and I'm going to oh, wow. have a date. I've never had that experience. Like a blind date almost. Ever had or, yeah. Wow. I mean, we were together a month, I think, before you took me on a date. On an official date, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's fascinating to me. Like, like, what would that experience be like to walk into a situation right. like that? I have no idea. It's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> no, I've been on blind not. dates, and I've been on dates that didn't lead to a second date. By far, the, most of them don't lead to a second date. But you always... What, what would you say is the percentage of that for you? Uh, and how perce- often do you date? Ooh, within a month, I probably go out for dinner with somebody I meet online three or four times. Wow. Yeah, but it seldom leads to a second date. It seldom, that, that may be partially my fault, but I think it's, there's a lot of deception and I'm pretty, pretty aware of that. Mm-hmm. So if someone's going to lie initially, there's probably going to be deception further down the line. Uh, the hard work again is after the sexual attraction, which is, you know, pretty easy. That's just biology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you could be attracted to a lot more people than you could actually want to be in a relationship with. By far, (laughs) to be sure. Absolutely. To be sure. Now, if you're going to base the relationship simply on sexual attraction, you're you're courting disaster. Yeah. You know, I was having a conversation with my personal trainer the other day. He's like 26. Is he 26 or something? And, you know, he's talking about this girl that he's been seeing. And I said, well, how often are you seeing her? He's like, oh, about three, four times a week. 
I said, is she, is she cooking for you or bringing food? <laughs> he said, yes, she's bringing me food like every time and cooking wow. for him and stuff. And I said, well, you're dating her. <laughs> and he, he, he just, he almost choked. He said, what, what do you mean? What, what do you mean I'm dating her? You're dating. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Would she be upset if you went on a date with someone else? And he's like, yeah, yeah probably. But <laughs> well, you guys are dating. dating. Right. And how long has that been going on? It's probably about seven, eight months now. They've been. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. Dating. Right. No. Right. But you know, I mean, I, you know, that was really a, a question that kind of came up in my mind. It's like, how do you, how do you know if you're dating then? Right. I mean, I asked those questions, which like, I, you know from my perspective, right, exactly. Right. And because I think that couples or people in general these days that are dating, they take it a little bit too casually. I don't know which, if Perhaps. you guys would agree. Yeah. I think where it moves out of the casual, casualness realm is when you have the exclusivity conversation, then you're really dating. I agree. I think it needs to be a mutual conversation. Has to be. They both parties have to agree. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But you have to have the conversation, even yes. if you're, even if the uh, outcome is negative. Even if they say no, I don't want to be exclusive. Right. I do think do you, you guys to tend to initiate that conversation, or do, no, I do don't. they? I do. Me, I think it depends on the relationship and how strongly I feel about it. So. I'm not interested in it. Because I, you know, the some of the single women I work with, they're like. I don't, I don't know. You know, he hasn't said I'm his girlfriend. He hasn't said he loves me. And this will be months and months. Right. Yeah. And then they get a little bit more assertive and then they're like, Oh, he does. He just (laughs) didn't have a clue. But they're, they're afraid to be assertive. Yeah. Because then they feel like they're going to push him away or he's going to be scared and run away. I guess, but that, I think that's unreasonable. The couple of relationships I've had that sprouted from dating, there was actually a ceremony we went through. After the exclusivity conversation where you both agreed to be exclusive. And that ceremony was logging off on the dating websites. Okay. Not going back to them. That was actually a ceremony, sitting in my den and doing that. Both of you together. Mm-hmm. Both of us together. Huh? Wow. That's exclusivity. Yeah. Is that like candlelit? Kind of ambiance is there. <laughs> I'm not giving away my moves for free right now. <laughs> you know, it, it seemed like, at least when I was a person that was single, there was more of a ritual to the whole thing. Oh. Like you were asked out or you were asked to go steady. Mm-hmm. You got engaged. You set a date. Mm-hmm. Like people now sort of like slide in, you know, like, oh, we're hanging out. Yeah. Or my lease is up. I'm here a lot. Maybe I should just We're stay. friends with benefits. Yeah. Or they yeah. get engaged yeah. and there's no date and they're just sort of endless. But what does that tell you about the two people that are involved in it? Well, I think it's not just two people. I think it's in general kind yeah. of the way the world shifted. Yeah. It's a lot of impermanence right now. Well, I'm not looking for impermanence. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for permanence. So if that ever reared its ugly head, I would have a serious conversation about that. You, you seem to be pretty clear on that. And you let women know right up front that's yeah. what you're looking for that's why the first date that's the first date right you know the sexual attraction is firmly in place now let's get down to the seriousness of it and usually it's pretty easy you know i mean you're having a couple of drinks you're having dinner you're in a nice place the atmosphere is nice i don't expect an answer right away i expect a dialogue mm-hmm. to go on and on and on is that has that been your guys's experience or do you not really date date I don't really date date. Okay. At the moment. <laughs> you I did mean, the Tinder hookup, but you didn't. Yeah, you like, know, I'm not really 
court someone. Yeah, okay. exactly. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, I would like to know that it could possibly lead to something first before I take them out on a date and show myself and put myself forward versus just like hit and miss. I would actually like to know where this is going before I do what I got to do. So more interaction before then. Yeah. Because if it is going to possibly turn into something long-term, I have no problem with dating. But if I know that it's just going to be like a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, then there's no reason for me to try it for anything. Right. That's good, Kyle. I like to see that you categorize them in two different categories. <laughs> right? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. One has a potential this. for One for has one permanent my mom, one can't. That's exactly the, the way I would do it. Yep. I'd say, do I want to bring this woman home to meet my mom? If yep. not, then she's in the uh, impermanence category. I put them in the player category. <laughs> yep. Player exactly. category. Got to put it into the rotation. <laughs> How about for you, Dan? I have to say... The days that I go on, usually I'm able to find out probably within the first or second date whether or not that person is worth my time, mm-hmm. you know, and whether or not I'm worth their time. I think it's a mutual thing. And I'm always very cautious about making sure that respect and communication is is a mutual thing. I don't want to give too much or say too much. and. I have to tell a funny story. We're talking about all these times about how do you pass that we're dating phase. And <laughs> my last relationship, it was pretty, pretty spontaneous and, and just out there. We, I don't remember where we went, but within a month's time, I, I was, I felt very strongly about her and I know she felt very strongly about me. And we, we had our goodnight kiss and, and she was leaving and I accidentally said, Oh, I love you. It just, it just, oh, it just oh, came oh, out. <laughs> Lord, Lord. And like, I called myself and I'm like, wait. And then she said, well, did you just say, I, and I'm like, yes, I did. And so, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's an example of just spontaneity at its best. You know, you're just saying what you're feeling, no expectation from anyone. And you're just, you know, laying it out there and it was reciprocated. And I think, from that moment on, we both decided that okay, now we're boyfriend and girlfriend. We're it's a mutual understanding. After by the my first date, right? well, it was it was no, a month after. It was it was within the month. Okay, within uh, we gone out maybe four or five dates. It, okay, yeah, it was with, within a month's time. It was yeah. a very short period of time. A, a lot of couples that have longevity that we've interviewed, they they say that ah. it was very early, very quick. Yeah, and they just knew. Yeah. yeah. So here's a fun topic. Hmm. Who pays for the first date? <laughs> well, the way I was raised is the man pays for. The, I mean, the way I was raised is that the man pays for all the pays for all the dates. But kind of the way I think about it, if she's not offering or trying to offer herself to pay, then I know this is as nice as she's ever going to get. And do I want to continuously lead myself on with that? If That's she can't interesting. Offer, so it's a tell. Like, yeah, like uh, she's she's saying I have to pay for her time. Like if, if it's an expectation, if it's an expectation yeah. that sh- she just gets off scot free, mm-hmm. then it it's a telltale sign that it's not going to go very the type far. Of relationship with at least me. Want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty interesting. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, because if you think about it, saying that I have to pay for your time is basically then me turning around saying you have to have sex. It's kind of like a it's a it's, business transaction. Right. It's a business transaction. Yes. Yeah. Wow. 
I have the expectation of paying for the date, but when the woman offers, I think that's so attractive. I really do. Do you let her pay? With a little bit of fuss, but if she insists, then absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love it when a woman exerts that. Do you do dominance. 50-50 or do you let her pay 50/50. for the whole thing? Okay. 50-50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in my opinion, I am expecting to pay for it, but if she offers, then it bumps her up a notch in my book. So can you, can you talk, talk about why? Why? Yeah. Because it seems that if she makes that gesture, one, it seems like she has no issues paying for it, meaning I enjoy this. And she has no issues. And like, for instance, what Kai was saying, not taking it for granted, the generosity of, of, of someone else, mm-hmm. another human or person. How about for you, Eddie? I would never deviate from the code. Never. <laughs> the code? Yeah, the code. The code that is... <laughs> The code that I learned since I was a child, you always pay. Even a bad date, you pay. Even if a girl orders Vuv Clico at $75 a bottle. I'm not really <laughs> familiar with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> well, I mean, like a- it's, not even, it's not even an issue. No, uh-huh. it's not an issue. You pay. Wow. You pay you, every single time. Do you guys want to know what the girl said? What? They said they always offer to pay, but if they do pay, they will never do a second date. <gasps> <laughs> really? The code yeah, works. Expose. Here you go. And they felt that only the guys secret. that weren't interested in them, they like the, like that. They, you know, wow. Yeah, isn't mm-hmm. that interesting? Okay. And they they felt like it was a, little a way of saying they didn't enjoy the date. <laughs> <laughs> but they were, you know, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it is, especially you know, today. Yeah, right. There's there's another thing too. If a woman offers, I I wanted to mention this based on what you're saying. There has been an instance where I did insist on still paying and my my comeback line would be, okay, you know what? You can pay for us on the next mm-hmm. date. Yeah. I've said that a few times and it's actually worked. Yeah. So. And the women say that too, like, you know, then mm-hmm. I'll buy drinks the next time or something. Like they don't want to be taking advantage. Right. right. But, you know, there's always that that male-female chemistry. It's still there, hopefully, you know. And, you know, a lot of women that that I work with that are not successful dating... They don't th- do this thing that I call drop the hanky. What so they that? don't let men know they want to be taken care of. Uh-huh. So they come in, I can do it all. I don't need anything. They're typically not only paying, they're paying the whole first date and they refuse to let him pay at all. And that, wow. and they're, they, they don't get second dates either because they're so, you know, unless Aggressive. of course they're with someone who really wants to be taken care of. Right. Right. I was going to say, if yeah. they get a second date or they attract someone, it's going to be someone who is dependent. Right. Right. And, and wants them to take mm-hmm. the lead. Yeah. I would never permit that. I don't want to ever be misconstrued as a beta male when alpha, alpha male. Right. Well, I think, you know, the fact that women are still the only gender that has the baby, there should be some of that. I can take care of you if you're in a vulnerable state sort of thing. I think that happens in the back of all of our minds. Yeah. So it's farther down the line. But even if you're not of that age of having children anymore, there's still that little bit of difference that we have. Oh, I agree. I think, there is a right, difference. Yeah. I think that's the fascination that keeps men in my age to keep dating. It's that endless fascination with the otherness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting you said that. It's further down the line, you know, when I think you're applying that further along in the relationship. Sure. That's right. What I mean. But I, I think that there's these little micro messages that are given off early on in dating that people are interpreting subconsciously. Oh. Sure. Right about whether this Absolutely. person is going to be mm-hmm. a good mate down, the, down line, the line, right, and provide and be able to, 
you know, be that security and safety for them. Mm-hmm. There's some bad signs and there's some good signs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are some of the good signs and bad signs you guys look for? Something that I look for is someone that, like, someone that is able to take care of themselves is mm-hmm. is independent to a point that also tries to is willing to come home or willing to call you or willing to text you about their day and about, and to be vulnerable. They could be independent to a point to where they need to be vulnerable and they open up about it. I don't want, you know, some, that's a, at least that's a good sign for me. A bad sign is someone that tries to be too independent for themselves and they bottle it up and then, you know, you give them the wrong color napkin and they explode. No <laughs> uh, emotional instability. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I agree with Kyle. I think it's important for, well, in my opinion, mainly just having the woman be themselves. Obviously, there's going to be, there could be signs of nervousness. There could be signs of anxiety. But as long as they're themselves and being open and interested as well in the date, not like constantly on the phone or just looking around, no conversations, just giving one or two word answers. That's not a good sign. Yeah. You know, what would be a good sign? A good sign would be someone who's very engaging, who asks questions, who engages, and who smiles a lot, too. I like it when women smile. That's important to me. There's a lot of body language that's yeah. at play there. Then lean in, the head tilt, tell me more, that, that kind of question. You can read the body language. Bad signs are talking about exes. Uh, <laughs> I'll give one warning. I'll huh? give one warning. Say, oh, we should really shouldn't talk about that. And if they keep persisting about it, well, then you're just using me. They're still me. hung up. They're just using me yeah. to, you know, validate right. how badly the previous guy treated them. Do you guys want to know what the women think men are interested in? Yes, I sure. do. <laughs> <laughs> Boobs. That's well, it? That was across the board. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was across that the board. was across the board, saying. yeah. Well, I promise you I'll give it that more attention the next day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think that probably if you look at the the whole pool of, dating men, the ones that are probably the most aggressive are probably looking for something like that. Uh-huh. I think it's harder if you're looking for something real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. This I find that strange that they said that. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I would think that they would yeah. be looking for financial stability. Yeah. That the guys are looking for that? The girls are looking for that. No, this is what the girls think ah. the guys were looking for. Ah. Yeah. The sexiness, to be sure. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean... We all know physical attraction is is one of the first things that you recognize when you meet somebody if if, if if you do that. But there's so much more to that. And I think, in my opinion, the connection of of the conversation is so much more important than the physical uh, uh, attributes of a person. In my opinion, I I find it strange that all the, all all three of the you had three mm-hmm. other women they all mm-hmm. said boobs. <laughs> wow, that that's what they thought men were. Really primarily interested in. Interesting. Yeah. I, I disagree with that, but if that's what they think. So is, is that why you, you swipe right? Regardless of whether you have that <laughs> physical attraction or not? Absolutely. I, I think, well, swiping right does a few things in my mind. One, it, it heightens my chance of connecting or just having that initial conversation. And two, I think it allows me to, to be more open to connecting with someone and not just base it on looks alone. I mean, I know it's through an app and it's very difficult that follow-up is so important, you know, and that's something that I'm having a lot of difficulty with. I must 
admit on these apps is getting that conversation continuous. A lot of times they'll just drop it or whatever. I mean, I have this, this kind of like two, two try rule. So <laughs> I communicate once. Well, once, once the connection happens, I say, Hey, what's going on? Whatever. I come up with some kind of one liner. If they don't respond, I'll try one last time. And if they still don't respond, even though we both swept right, then it's completely forgotten about. It's not worth it. They're, mm-hmm. you know, you asked me something earlier, Gene. I think, why do I want that woman to offer to pay? Because it's that mutual respect. Yeah. And that's what I'm looking for. And so that's why if they don't give me the time to respond, even if it's something like hi, then it, you know, they're not worth my time. Mm. And I have to say, that's one of the things that I've been working on in my personal growth is like, I would take it personally. Okay. I'd be like, why aren't they calling me back? And I, it would cause all this anxiety. And one of the things I've been working on is, you know what? Their response has nothing to do with you. If they choose not to do so, then that's their issue. You are good enough. You, you, you believe in yourself. You're strong enough. You can do this and you're making connections out there. You don't need somebody who's not going to give you that mutual respect. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's why I enjoy that person mm-hmm. offering. You know what? Can I pay? And I didn't realize right. it was a, a, a mind a game <laughs> or code <laughs> by that person there was, saying there that. was someone that like the guys like made them pay. I think there were a few of them. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, made them pay. <laughs> so that, that's what I have to say about that. It, in it, what I'm learning is, is that I, I want that mutual understanding. But the code goes respect. both ways, right? Absolutely. You know, especially in today's day and age. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. Dates are highly scripted. Yeah. Do you, do you guys, what is the most interesting date you've ever planned and or been on? Interesting is a very general yep. term. There, I'm right? leaving it open. Oh, so <laughs> so leave it think, dead broad. So we can go back down the line. I got to think about it. I guess <laughs> oh, when it's right, it sure do feel good. And I think that was the most interesting date I went on. When it was just that in, initial was connection. It, was it, where'd you guys, what'd you guys do? Picked her up at her apartment, went to the Art Institute on a hot Sunday afternoon, <laughs> went to the Art Institute and went out for dinner. And it was almost as if it was as if we knew each other for decades and we had only had gone on this first day. Cool. It was, it was a wonderful feeling, a feeling that I, I won't, I'm not afraid to admit that I'd like to replicate. Mm-hmm. And you met her online and no, no, that was just hit on somebody at the gym. At the gym. Wow. Okay. <laughs> at the gym when you're sweaty and half naked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what gym you go to. I totally admire your confidence. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's great. For me, it was definitely the 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 match.com, my my past girlfriend. We we instantaneously hooked up. Um we had our first date. I remember it vividly in my mind. We went to a sushi restaurant because she told me that she was a vegan or she is a vegan. And so I've never really dated that type of person before. So it was interesting. But it was great and it was instant like chemistry. I've been saying we had some truth or dares happening during the date and stuff. And I ended up singing happy birthday for our table next to us because the dare was I had to sing happy birthday. On the first date? <laughs> On the first date. And you're a musician. So yes. that helps that you know how to do those things. <laughs> we ended up going back to my place and my place is a very unique place. I actually live in a theater, which is very, really cool. And we went on on stage and she sing a song. It was, it was a very elaborate date and we, it ended with a very passionate kiss and it was, you know, definitely one of my da- best dates ever. So my that's gosh, awesome. Hard to 
top that, man. That's like a movie. <laughs> right. It's like a movie script. It's like uh, you could some, sell that in Hollywood. Yeah. What was that one with um, you're wearing my earrings? Is some kind of wonderful or I can't remember that. Uh, one of those '80s films or yeah, '90s yeah. films. Yeah. But that sounds like it's certainly a movie script. So I bet yeah. you you would not give up that experience, even disregarding the payoff. I bet you sure. you wouldn't get over it. It's always going to be in my mind as one of the best dates ever. Absolutely. To be sure. Yeah. Take a lesson from that, Kyle. Even even something like that, that the, the end game doesn't turn out the way you want it. It's still the experience was valuable. Absolutely. Right. To be honest, with my last relationship, we were both pretty involved in sports and stuff like that. So the only real dates that we ever went on was dinner dates type stuff. And... While we were both in sports and stuff, had to be home relatively earlier, this or that. And also with the current, you know, my age group, at least, I don't know about anybody else here, but my age group, women don't like to pick a damn thing. So you could say, (laughs) what would you like to go eat? And they will fight you for hours. You could give this restaurant, this restaurant, this one, this one. That You could take the (laughs) yellow pages and just open it and say, pick something. And they'll still say, oh, whatever sounds good. And so... And and then the funny part is, you ever say anything after that? They're like, no, that doesn't sound good. Like, then what the hell is the point? You obviously know what you want. And that, so that, that might be universal. I'm not sure. Yeah, be. There's a lesson in there too, yep. Kyle. So one quick side story. The thing I have learned to do is you ask them to take a guess at where you're going. Oh. And then either A, if you you go with that option, or you say, no, guess again. Then you go with the second option. So you have you have a field of play to go and choose. Oh, that's interesting. So they know what they want. They're saying what they want. They're just not going to tell you what they want. (laughs) But, and then also with that, with also, and then, so it was just kind of dinner dates and with sports having to be home early. I haven't really gone or planned anything extravagant because with being in sports, both of our weekends, either my weekend was free and hers wasn't, or hers was free and mine was. And it just, it never really, I guess that's more of your high school relationship and stuff like that. So it's never really, it never really clicked and mm-hmm. made a path for it now, like it would now. One of the things that we encourage people to do that are dating is to do an activity versus, you know, an interview over right. drinks just or something. Sitting across the table from each other. That's just too boring. Mm-hmm. That's a great What idea. do you guys think about that? No, like oh, yeah. Dan did. That's what he did. Yeah. <laughs> and you're seeing so you went to art museum. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. What are women looking for? In your guys' experience. <laughs> oh, the great mystery. Just go see the movie What Women Want. Yeah. <laughs> or no, what men want. A there fat wallet. <laughs> a lot of women want a fat wallet in my age group. They oh. want someone oh, yeah, to, to pay, for, pay for everything. Oh, everything. Oh yeah. A lot of women. Because oh, you know it's, it, it's all yeah. sugar daddies. Sugar my, daddy. It's all my generate age. <laughs> you, you know, one of my cl- that's that's it's kind of joking, but one of my clients the other day he said that. That's exactly what people are, the women are looking for. In right. fact, there's a website called What's Your Price? Oh, Lord. Woo. <laughs> right. Crazy. Too cynical for me. Right. That's a wow. no for me. I think there's also one, Sugar Daddy or Sugar Baby. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Dot com. I don't know. I could believe that. There's another one to research men. And it's mm. something like Daughter Stud. Does that what? sound? I never heard Yeah. Of and so like if you have a bad date, you can go on there and be like, this guy's a jerk mm. or something. Wow. Or he's a good one or something like that. Mm. Interesting. Oh, like rate your professor or something. Yeah. You really rate <laughs> your date. Oh, that's just terrible. It's brutal. This world we live oh, in. No. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. A, what about... Hold on. They, they didn't know. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Did you, yeah. Yeah. I The the women that, that I am most attracted to are, are usually more independent women who already have their kind of their thing happen. And so for me, it's not necessarily a financial 
gain in their mind. I think it's more definitely the, the women that I've been experiencing. It's more of a, uh, and you mentioned it earlier too, Kyle, vulnerability, connection, that they want, they want somebody who is not afraid to show their emotion to them, even possibly even on the first dates. I think they're looking for somebody who is, is just not afraid to, to open themselves up and be available emotionally. Was that your experience in your early twenties, like where Kyle is? Early twenties, I would have to say no. I, it was a completely different mindset. Even me, mm-hmm. it was completely different. I was just out to try to date the best-looking girl, you know, when I was twenty years old. And as you grow, and and as you as you have relationships, marriages, and kids, you definitely change perspective, most definitely. And so, what I was in my twenties, I'm completely. Hundred percent different than what I am now in my mid forties. So yeah, it's growth. Do you, do you absolutely? Have, do you have a daughter? I have two daughters and one son. Has having yeah. daughters changed that perspective for you? I think it's just having children in general. Okay. Um, I don't have any daughters. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my eldest Melody, she is in the dating world now, and it's funny because what women I feel women want. I am asking also from my kids to, for them to be emotionally available and tell me, not be afraid to say, Hey, dad, I made this mistake or you know what? I'm feeling this way. And so my kids, they live out in California and every time I visit them or I'm, I'm talking to them on the phone or FaceTime, I'm always saying, how are you feeling? Is there anything you're angry about? Or is there anything you're sad about? You know, and just having that, that free conversation of emotions and feelings. And I think that is what women want. And that's been my, most difficult thing being vulnerable and being open to women. And it's, I think that's one of the reasons why I've had a lot of failed relationships. So, so. you think there's a payoff in it? Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. That's good, man. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> I think on a lot of dates I've gone on, the potential mate didn't know what she wanted. Mm. And I used to interpret that as just my failure to understand it. But I think a lot of times just don't know what they want. The good relationships have always been, I do know what I want. Mm -hmm. I want financial stability. I want emotional wellness. But most of them, they're just kind of drifting along and just hoping that you're going to be the missing ingredient in their life. Yeah, that's, that's one thing I really encourage people to do after they get out of a serious relationship is to take a year. Get to know yourself. Absolutely. And because you, if you aren't the person you want to spend the rest of your life with, <laughs> nobody else is going to want to spend the rest oh, of their life sham. with you either. It's a yes. sham. It's, it's just, it's, yep. it's fake. Yeah, and you're going to attract someone who is just as lost. Right. As well. Mm-hmm. That can be awfully painful. Yeah. What about meeting someone that has children? What are all your opinions about that? Chronologically, I don't know. It 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 would be in a way it's not a big deal, but it also is a big deal in a way. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It depends if it's a younger child, like under the age of three. I don't think it's that big of a deal. And if it's an older child, like I was, it it's not a big deal either. It's the in between from like that five to. 12 trying to figure things out for themselves it'd be a little tough but me myself i think i could look past that but you know 
I haven't been faced with that situation, so I wouldn't really know how I'd look at it. Mm-hmm. Plus, maybe at your age, too. Because if there's a, a girl you're dating that has a kid, well, yeah, that she's going to either be a very young mom <laughs> or maybe not, right? you know, in your age bracket. <laughs> yeah, you know. Like but Ray was sh- for me. That's a sugar mama. That's a sugar Just mama. Six you know? years. <laughs> Insignificant. But uh, especially if they're my age, then that kind of, I feel like it raises a red flag mm-hmm. more so than if it was late, if I was older in my like, 28 and she is a child too, then it's not as red flaggy than if she's 22, 21. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, like I said, I've never dealt with it and until I do, unless I do deal with it. I don't really know how I'd face it. So it wouldn't be a deal breaker? As of right now, no. Okay. Off the top of my head, I don't, I don't think so, no. I, I welcome when, when women have a child or children. And I do have to let you know of an instance that happened with actually my second wife where she had a daughter and I had at the time two children. And at first it wasn't an issue. Um, long term was the challenge. <laughs> uh, why are you giving more attention to your kids than mine? You know, why are you treating, why are you talking to my daughter this way? And why are you not, you know, reprimanding your kids? It, it was a constant struggle. And then the daughter, well, I'm going to go, he would say things like, well, I'm going to talk to my mom, but I'm going to go tell my mom. I'm like, Okay, well, and it got to a point in the relationship, this was a few years down where I just, I couldn't deal with it anymore. It, it was very difficult for me. And I had to say, you know what? Any, <laughs> any issues you have, just talk to your mom. Don't even ask me. Mm. And, and I hated that. I, I, I did not like that whatsoever, but it just, it, it broke me that we couldn't work on that. And it challenged our relationship extensively. Was that was that more a function of the mom or the daughter? I think it was the mom experiencing a lot of jealousy. Mm. I didn't get to see my kids much and I spent, you know, we lived together before we got married and I spent every day. And so I cherished the time that I had with my children, but it caused a lot of, I feel, jealousy. Mm-hmm. You know, why you treat your kids better than my my. And, and, and so on. And, and it was just all around. And then, <laughs> well, I guess I'll tell you the story. This was the breaking point to where, where I just said, you know what? This is not healthy for me whatsoever. It was a summer that I, I went out to Los Angeles and the, uh, the third child was on its way. Okay. And basically my eldest said to me, you know, dad, if, if she's there, I don't want to visit you. Oh. Yeah. And after I heard that, it just, it just broke me in so many ways. I said, you know what? If my own daughter at the time, I think she was maybe 12, 11, almost a teenager Mm -hmm. is willing to not spend time with her dad because of my ex, Mm -hmm. then this is not healthy at all. Mm -hmm. And that's when I decided I need to get out of the relationship. Oh, good Lord. So, and she was pregnant at the time. Yeah. Wow. Good Lord. So that was a very difficult, I, I've, yeah. I've had a lot of <laughs> yeah. interesting, I don't want to say regret, regretful experiences, but learning experiences that's making me who I am today. And, and, you know, 
having confidence, accepting who I am and finding somebody who can accept me that way is, is a dream to me. Do you think Mm -hmm. that would have made a difference had she not had a child or you think you would have gone through the same experience? I think if she didn't have a child, uh, things would be a lot easier because of the fact that we could not only work towards her loving and appreciating my own kids, but also uh, having the hope for our own child as well, which we ended up doing. I think. So she wouldn't have been jealous. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Just in relationship to her, her daughter. And, and I have to say just her personality, you know, it's Eastern European, very like, you know, this is how it's done, you know, like Mm -hmm. very cut, dry Mm -hmm. and cut and concrete. Yes. And just, no, that's not right. You know, Mm -hmm. just like, you know, it is what it is, but to this day, I'm still struggling to have a healthy relationship with her. Mm. So. Yeah. I don't envy you that, Dan. <laughs> well, thank you. When I not at my age now, I seldom would date somebody to have a young child. But when I was young, I would not have a relationship with somebody who had a young child. I would no. have to look at the what is the relationship with that child with the biological dad. If there was no relationship with that dad or was a bad relationship, then I would consider it. But if you're competing with the biological dad for the affection of that child. It's a sucker butt. How was that for you? Because you were a dad, no, I was a dad. in the dating uh, world. <laughs> well, to be sure, I, yeah. it was it was pretty cut and dry. Mm-hmm. I was a teenage dad, and I was a custodial parent. Mm. I kept those two parts of my life completely separate. Mm. Completely separate. My daughter, her name is Jamie, never met any of the girls that I did. No. Mm. So my, you, you didn't want to have a family. I did, but I would. Say it was always further down the line. I say, you know what? Let's wait until we really are sure about this relationship. Then I'll uh, introduce you to my child. What was your thought process about that? It's too dangerous for this child. I remember a wise guy told me, he says, you know what? You're divorced now. You have a child. Never get those two things mixed up. Don't Mm -hmm. do it. And it was at a time in my life when I really took advice from these guys. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? If he says it, it's probably right. Kept two things separate. If you could ask my daughter now, she's in her 40s. She would say, I never knew one of my father's girlfriends, not one. How do you think that impacted her being in relationships of not really being able to witness you being in one? I don't know, Jean. I don't know. I would hope that it's, uh, it didn't harm her. The reason I did it was that I wanted to protect her. And I don't know. It's a subject that we've never discussed. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can't really know what you didn't do. Maybe someday. I mean, maybe someday. Now that she's a grown-up and I'm a grown-up, we could, we could talk about it someday. And her mom was not involved in her life? No. The last time she saw her mom was when she was 11 weeks old. It's a good story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm here to tell the tale. Right. <laughs> What advice would you guys give to people in your situation about how to, you know, deal with all these Navigate di- dating. dynamics? Yeah. yeah. I would say that, again, you can't really look for it. All your best things are going to come out of spontaneous reactions and all that. You can't, you can never look for something. All your better things in life come from spontaneousness or spontaneity. I don't know how to say spontaneity. This. spontaneity. Yeah, yeah, sure. That works. Uh, Synchronicity. <laughs> But mm-hmm. I, I believe that whenever you're looking for something, you're not going to find the right thing. You're always going to miss one or two points versus if it just comes naturally, it's going to hit you right where you need it to hit it. Awesome. 
I, I love what Kyle say. In addition to spontaneity is also one of my favorite movies is serendipity. So yeah. uh, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. They got two great actors in there, but just that, you know, serendipitous moment that you're waiting for, or if it was meant to be, it was meant to be. But I think Gene, you kind of mentioned this and, and I absolutely love what you had to say, which is you need to be ready. You know, if you're dating and it didn't work out, then spend the time to, to educate yourself on what it is that you truly want, who it is that you are as a person and find out who you are, who are you happy with yourself? And if you're not, I a hundred percent agree. How can you make someone else happy if you don't know who you are? And if you're not happy, so my advice, regardless of whether it's a male or a female would be spend the time, educate yourself on who you are. You're going to make mistakes. We're human, <laughs> but don't, don't try to be somebody that you're not. That's what I would say. I agree, Dan. So you work on yourself. Nobody can be the missing part of your life. So my belief is this. It's better to be by yourself alone yep. than be in a bad relationship. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Absolutely. I actually have one more question. One more question. All right. We'll <laughs> see. If you could give a message to your future potential partner, what would you say to them? Oh, Lord. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> have fun. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I have no idea. A potential met? No, I have a future message. No, I don't know. I can't. No, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really have no idea. It's a difficult question to yeah. be sure. Yes, yeah, it, is. it is. My message would definitely be let's love each other for who we are. Let's appreciate one another, even through the bad times. Let's help each other become stronger, better people individually and as a couple. And let's enjoy this thing called life together and all the challenges that it has to offer. That's what I would say. After the sexual attraction, there is this emotional intimacy that has to take place. So my message to whoever that person is out there in the ether is to get to know me because what I am, what I appear to be is what I am. Do, do you guys think that? That was a third question. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm rolling again. Yeah. If. The way you portray yourselves on the apps or whatever, that that message is conveyed, that that's what you're looking for. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I could believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that on myself. Yeah. That, that whoever is whoever looking knows say, that you're yeah. a serious yeah. person that wants to be in yep. a relationship. And yep. 100%. 100%. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think it's good to, to represent yourself well on any kind of social media, especially on a dating app. Although I think the substantial things need to happen face to face. I think it's very difficult to, to put yourself and who you are as a person on, you know, with six photos and a little description, yeah. you know, so that's a starting point, but I think the true connection happens face to face. Yeah, I agree with that. The dating apps get you to that dinner, get you to that stroll through the art institute get you through that musical experience. There you go. That's where the real work starts. Ooh, very profound. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, Kyle, Dan, Eddie, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. This has been very enlightening and a lot of fun. 
Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Gene. Thank you for yeah, having thanks us. Thanks to both of you. You know, people have been sharing their stories for thousands of years to connect and bond and grow. And we hope that by you guys sharing your stories enrich your lives and the lives of our listeners. I hope so. For all you listening, if you have any questions or topic suggestions, again, please feel free to leave a comment or look us up online at couplesynergy.com. Till next time, synergize your life, synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian, along with Organizational Director Calvin Javier and Marketing Coordinator Bridget Reese. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.